Oh my god, hello! <laughs> I'm back! I can't believe it. I'm so happy to be back here recording another episode of Here for the Crack for you guys. It feels like the longest time. Honestly, the whole time I've been away, I've been like, I can't wait to record another podcast. I feel like sometimes I just have so much going on in my head and this is, the podcast is such a good way for me to just get it all out. Like, it just makes me feel at ease, you know? I just share everything I need to share with you guys and then all the tension's gone and I can just relax. So yeah, so happy to be back. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all enjoying summer. I mean, Belfast isn't giving summer weather. I don't know about elsewhere in the UK, but I'm okay with that. You know what? I have a whole newfound love for home. Do you know what I think it is? Well, it could be a combination of things, but for the first time in my life, right, I'm really not the type of person to get homesick. I will miss people, but I'll miss people in a sense that I don't care where I see them, you know, I could meet them anywhere in the world. I'll just miss them. But I I never like crave to be at home. I don't be in places and feel really homesick and wish I was at home. It's really just, I don't know, I've just never been like that. And I think for the first time in my life, actually, wait, no, that's a lie. I think I did get homesick when I went to university in Liverpool. I think that, yeah, those two months of living hell made me quite homesick then, I would say. <laughs> like, I remember one time I came home for a weekend and on the drive back to the airport, I was holding back tears the whole time. Like, I had to stop myself from sobbing and my mum could see I was really upset and I got really quiet and she was like, no, are you sure you're okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> um, so I did get homesick then. But yes, for the first time since then, I actually got a bit homesick. And now it wasn't when I was doing the course because... I don't even think I would have had time to be homesick when I was in the course, to be honest with you. It was so intense. I'll get into that. But it was the week after in Goa. And for the first time in my life, I was like, I really don't want to wish away. I've always been very grateful for not being homesick because it makes me not, I don't know, anytime I've spoken to people who like wish they were home, I'm like, oh, that's really sad. Because I mean, it's nice that you love homes so much that you're missing it. But it's you're kind of like wishing away your time away from home when you should be enjoying it so yeah I've always kind of liked that about myself and that I never wish away time when I'm away from home because I do appreciate it but for the first time I was like I really really want to go home (laughs) and you know what it was right bad decision on my part huge lack of research don't know what I was thinking but I so I decided to go to Goa after my course and I was meant to be in Goa for nine days and Goa looks incredible it is a very very beautiful part of India it has incredible beaches nightlife just it's got a lot going on but when it's not peak season let me tell you none of that exists (laughs) It is a ghost town. We'll go it. It's not a town. It's a state. So it's quite big. But the whole of Goa, I'm not joking you. It's like, it's like everyone just packs up and leaves because, well, first of all, because of the monsoons, which I didn't realise would be so bad. So I've been to Thailand and to Bali, 
both on monsoon season and it really wasn't much of an issue in either places you'd maybe have you know a morning or an afternoon of rain max sometimes it would literally just be like an hour um and then the rest of the day was fine the sun would come out you carry on with your business you know maybe if you had a boat or something booked in that time period it would just get delayed until it calmed down a little bit when i tell you it did not stop raining the whole time i was there i mean like you didn't get three minutes without it pissing down. Everywhere I went, I had to bring a big raincoat and an umbrella and the ground was always soaking, so your feet were always just like mucky and gross. But then it was like really warm and clammy as well. Nothing was open. Not like, well, when I say nothing, a few local restaurants and things like that, because obviously there still are locals that um, live there. But none of the beach bars, none of the clubs, none of the cocktail bars, none of the cafes, like nothing. When I say nothing was going on, I actually can't describe to you how much of a ghost town it was. I was the only person staying in the first accommodation that I stayed in. In the second one, there was a few people, but like no one really my age, and no one that was uh, no one that was like a solo traveler. It was like a cup, a few couples. I walked to a near a couple of hostels to kind of check them out, and because basically at this point I was like, okay, do I go home? Like, do I just admit defeat? But I was kind of ha- having a hard time admitting defeat. Do you know? Like, I didn't want to call my parents and say I want to come home. I wanted to try and stick it out and see if it would get better. So I walked to a few hostels and I saw, like, I just had a look around. I wanted to see if they were a bit busier and if it'd be worthwhile moving to somewhere a bit more buzzy. But no, all the hostels were dead, like, completely dead. So I was like, do you know what? I can either wait this out and try and keep moving down the coast and trying different accommodations. I'm just going to get more of the same. (laughs) more of nothing and the thing is right I knew it was going to be off season I knew it wasn't going to be what it's like in peak season I don't think I had massively unrealistic expectations maybe looking back on it now I actually did but I do you know what I wasn't expecting for it to be sunny and for it to be hiving or anything like that I just don't think I realized to the extent of how quiet it would be like I am very I'm very good in my own company my parents can vouch for me on that I will spend days in the house on my own just pottering and getting on with my work reading chilling with the dogs you know I am very content in just being by myself so that was never really a worry for me I had it in my head like it's fine if it's not really busy I can just you know read on the beach and go to nice cafes but like it was so rainy that I couldn't go to the beach because the beaches were just crazy from the wind and the rain and then I couldn't even go to cafes because cafes weren't open (laughs) so it was like okay where where am I even supposed to read (laughs) do you know what I mean like there was just absolutely nothing I could do I think as well I kind of forgot like when you're solo traveling the good thing about it is that well the good thing for me about it when I did Southeast Asia 
was that there's always so many other people in the same boat as you. There's always so many people in the hostel wanting to make plans, wanting to go here, there and everywhere, giving you recommendations to the point that you're actually never ever on your own. Like sometimes you actually want a bit of peace and quiet. And I think I forgot how safe that makes you feel. Like knowing you have the option to go to a night market with someone or I don't know, just to to make plans with people and know that, okay, I don't know this person, but I know that they'll have my back in a way because, and like, we'll kind of both look out for each other because we're both in the same situation here. Just little things like that. I think I kind of forgot. And then it really reminded me when I was like completely on my own and having to like be really careful about you know, just being a solo female traveller, you you do have to have your wits about you at all times. You know, your guard is always up. You're constantly wary of scams. You know, if you're getting a taxi on your own somewhere or if you're out somewhere on your own and people ask you, are you here on your own? You'd always be like, oh no, my boyfriend or my friend's back at the accommodation. They're just not feeling well. So I thought I'd come out on my own. Little things like that. And don't get me wrong, like I had to do those things when I went traveling before, but I only had to do those things when I was maybe getting a taxi from the airport to the place I was staying. And then the rest of the time you're surrounded by other solo travelers. So you're never, so you're always with groups of people anyway. So yeah, I don't know. I think my bad for choosing to go somewhere on off season and also I wasn't really to know of how how dead it would get on off season because I mean places like Thailand don't really they are less busy on off season but not anywhere near like what Goa was so I didn't even have anyone to tell me that you know that had been before an off season so I ended up being able to change my flight to be I think four four or five days earlier than it was supposed to be I I admitted defeat and I rang. I actually didn't have any signal. I just had Wi-Fi. So I had to get my mum to ring the people who I booked my flight through and try and change it. And it was a very quick turnaround. Like literally the day I rang, then I had to book my flight back to Delhi and then leave the next morning. And now I, I just have this new fine. Sorry, yeah, I really went off on a tangent there. But the whole point of that story was that I really have a new fine love for home and everything about it not just bit and I don't just mean like just being at home because I was homesick I mean like everything like my dogs my family just little things like being able to go and get coffee with your mum nice walks with your dog and not feeling like you're not safe even the weather I used to complain non-stop about the weather here and now I actually think I love it <laughs> I like being able to wear my layers and I like not getting bitten by mosquitoes constantly. I like not profusely sweating at all parts of the day. <laughs> it's so crazy because a few years ago, if you had have asked anyone in my family, like who would be the child that would be most likely to move away, like somewhere far away, they would 100% hands down say Emma. Like I spent so many years of my life just being like, no, are you joking? I'm not staying in Belfast. Get, get me out of here. I'm going to Australia. I'm going to, I don't know, anywhere else. <laughs> Literally anywhere. And now I just think I'm becoming such a homebird. And I'm happy about it. 
do something really nice and satisfying about just being content with your simple life at home and not really thinking that you need more than that because I think before I was always like I need more I need more like there's nothing going on here so other cities are so like there's so much going on every night of the week and don't get me wrong I do think that is a good thing at a cer- at certain points in your life for example when I lived in Melbourne best city ever like so much going on I would live in Melbourne in a heartbeat don't get me wrong but it's just so far away from everything and from your family and like London does appeal to me sometimes as well there's so much going on there and so many opportunities but then sometimes it is just nice to just chill just be happy with your simple quiet life at home who knows maybe one year from now I'll be saying the exact opposite and you'll find and you'll see me moving to London or something (laughs) I do tend to change my mind quite a lot but right now I have newfound love for home and I'm very happy about it anyway this week's episode I'm gonna tell you all about my teacher training course my yoga teacher training course in India I'm gonna answer all your questions sorry I know I started that off on a semi bad note about India but it's really not like I'm not letting that experience with Goa make me think badly of Goa if anything it makes me want to go back to Goa more because I want to experience it in peak season because I do think it would be so amazing and it looks so beautiful like I could see all the buildings obviously that were closed I just would love to see that all open and see what it's like so 100% I will go back Um, it did not ruin my experience whatsoever I had the best time doing my teacher training which was obviously the majority of it that was three weeks of my time there so yes I'm gonna answer all your questions today about the teacher training so I'll just tell you a little bit about the course to start off with then I'll get into your questions so I think I've kind of known that I've wanted to do the teacher training course for quite a while I've done yoga from quite a young age um, I think just thanks to my mum, she basically, I think when I stopped doing gymnastics, I remember saying that I still wanted to like keep up my flexibility. And to be fair, I was still going to dance. So, I mean, I was going to keep up my flexibility from doing that. But I'd see my mum, you know, going to yoga and I was like, oh, I'd love to give it a go. So she brought me to a few of her classes with her when I was actually like 15 um, she'd sneak me into the gym and I ended up loving that yoga teacher and he'd always be like sure even if your mum doesn't come you just sneak in and I'll let you be in the class he was so nice I would love to actually go to some of his classes but he's I don't know I think he does mostly kind of like one-to-one stuff now and now when I say I got into it when I was 15 I don't mean consistently like once a week type of thing or yeah like it would never really be more than once a week and it was very much just a a gym class for me you know it wasn't I was never into the meditation I was never I I don't think I kind of knew that that's what yoga was I think I just kind of thought yoga was like yoga and pilates type of thing 
I don't think I really started to become a bit more consistent with it until I would say when I left school maybe and was working like a makeup job on hospitality so a lot of the time I would be off for a couple days during the week or maybe I wouldn't be starting till later on in the day so it kind of meant I had a bit more time in the morning and I think that's when I kind of started doing it a bit more regularly. I then did a retreat. I didn't do any yoga classes when I was in Australia because I was so skint. (laughs) I didn't have any money to be paying $20 for a yoga class. Maybe I just did, I don't know, I might have done some on like YouTube and stuff. But I, I think at that point I was really struggling to find people I liked on YouTube, which I still do kind of struggle to find. There's like one person that I'm obsessed with and I really need to find someone else <laughs> because I can't just keep doing their videos. But yeah, anyway, I didn't do a huge amount. I don't think when I was in Australia, uh, I did a lot of meditation when I was in Australia. For some reason, my my brain was really at peace there and I found it very easy to meditate there like way easier than I find it now I feel like now I have so much going on in my head that I can only do guided meditations I would love to get to the point where I can do like non-guided ones and just sit down and be with myself I think just because maybe I don't know my life was very simple I guess in Australia all I needed to worry about was making it on time to work and yeah (laughs) so yeah I guess I just didn't have a huge amount going on in my head and I was able to focus a lot better when it came to meditating so after Australia when I was I did like two months traveling on the way through Southeast Asia to before coming home and that time I did a yoga retreat in Thailand I only did four days because it was all I could afford I would have loved to have done longer. I will tell you the name of the place. It's called Wonderland Healing Centre in Copenhagen. Copenhagen is the island that everyone goes to for like the full moon and the half moon parties. But it actually has a lot of good yoga schools and like Muay Thai camps, like the Thai boxing camps and lots of like little kind of like workshoppy places. Like you can learn to do Thai massages cooking classes stuff like that so someone recommended wonderland healing center to me and i looked it up on instagram and i was like oh my god i need to go to this place they had like vegan buffets for breakfast lunch and dinner you get like everything's included in the price so you know you get free smoothies and oh it was just honestly incredible there was a pool there was an ice bath there was a sauna every single day it was like a different timetable you'd always have three yoga classes a day but they were always like different types of yoga and then there was always like a meditation class and then there was a couple of like workshops about you know empowering females and I'm trying to think of what else I can't really remember it it did introduce me to a lot of different styles of yoga because I think up until that point I had only really done like a vinyasa flow type of class I feel like in Belfast there really isn't much variation of yoga that is taught it's very much just the generic vinyasa flow so that was really good to which to be fair which is like probably my favorite type of yoga class anyway so it is good that that is like the most available one I guess but it was really nice to be opened up to all the different styles of yoga that I had never tried or even heard of before 
I think when I was at Wonderland Healing Centre was kind of when I got the notion for doing my teacher training because I remember on the retreat some people talking about wanting to do it in the future and I remember some of our teachers talking about the teacher training program that Wonderland held. I remember like asking a couple of them where they trained because I really liked, you know, their style of yoga. And yeah, I think that kind of initially, you know, sparked it in me. And then my mum, was that after? It must have been after. Because I, I swear I was home when she was doing her teacher training. Maybe it was before. I don't know. Anyway, my mum did her teacher training, but she did it like spread over a long time because she works full time. So she was kind of doing like, I think it was one weekend a month where you go for Saturday and Sunday and you do the two full days. And I think it takes longer than like a year to get through when you do it that way because of the holidays and stuff like that. Oh my God, actually. And I remember when I was in Nusa Lembongan, which is like an island off of Bali in Indonesia. And I remember seeing the most unbelievable yoga studio, literally on the beach, like on the white sand, all open. Like the side, it didn't have any sides on it. It just had like pillars with a roof on top. And then it was just like open. You could hear the sea and everything. And I remember seeing them practice and I could tell they were doing their teacher training. And I was like, oh my God, that is the fucking dream. Like imagine just coming away for three to four weeks and living here and all your food and everything being included. Because I think before I didn't really think about being able to do it away. I just thought that you would kind of just do it at home or like do what my mum did type of thing. And then when I saw it like that, I was like, oh, this is a bit of me. No, I don't necessarily want to be a yoga instructor. In fact, I don't want that to be my full-time job but I love having like lots of little things going for some people that would be stressful maybe to balance it all but for me I just I don't know I I've always liked having more than one job at a time because I find when you're just doing one and it becomes very all-consuming is when you either start to absolutely detest it or you start getting really bored and a bit like, what's the word? A bit stagnant, I guess. And look, I, not everyone is like that. Maybe this is just a me thing, but I just find I get really, I don't know, just a bit bored and too consumed in one thing if I only do one thing full time. So I think I thought it would kind of be a nice thing to have on the side. I also just like the idea of it being like, a a bit of a challenge but also like a holiday but with a purpose and like a final goal and sorry just to further elaborate on that point of me not wanting to conform to one thing I think you can really tell that from my Instagram and my TikTok like I started off with just doing Instagram on my makeup with what sorry (laughs) with just doing makeup on my Instagram and now it's just all over the place and I absolutely love it. I love not conforming to a niche because it's all everyone tells you to do. You know on all those pages that's like how to get engagement and how to increase your followers and TikTok, all this stuff that comes up on my For You page and it's always like pick a niche, focus on that and you'll get followers from that niche and people come to your page for that but it's like well what if I don't want to pick a niche? I'm very happy sharing all these different things from my makeup to my slow fashion stuff to cooking, my vegan things, my skincare, like 
I want to share it all and I think when I stop when I try and focus too much on one thing is when I just get bored of it like when I was just doing makeup on my Instagram I ended up hating it and then I took a bit of a time away from doing it so much and now I love it again but I love it because there's no pressure to always do that and to always do makeup every day I love it because I do it on my terms and when I feel inspired and I want to share that I don't know if I'm just talking shit now but do you know what I mean I like having lots of different things going on it keeps me keeps me on my toes (laughs) it keeps me from getting bored and I just think if you have multiple interests why not do them all okay how did we get here oh yeah I was talking about how I don't necessarily want to be a full-time yoga instructor um (laughs) So yeah, got this notion for it. And then I think I started to really get into yoga over lockdowns. I think that was kind of a bit of a catalyst for me being able to get up and do that every day. It's kind of a bit of a saving grace as well. So then I just decided what better way to spend my last uni summer, because this is the last time I'm gonna get like a a solid, it's like a four month summer, it's crazy. <laughs> um, Yeah, last time I'm gonna get a four month uni summer why not go and do this when I don't need to like book time off or anything like that so there was a lot of questions about how I decided where to go I'm just gonna talk you through my decision making process so basically my original options were either Thailand and most likely go back to where I did the retreat because I absolutely loved it Bali or India they were like my three ones I was deciding between obviously within them three then there's a lot of schools to decide between but at first I wanted to decide on a country and then once I got over that bridge I could start researching schools okay so my thought process was I've been to Thailand twice now I have been to that place to do the retreat it is amazing for treats but they don't necessarily specialise in the teacher training. They very much specialise in retreats. I would hands down recommend them for anyone to go on a retreat there. But just because somewhere is good at a retreat doesn't mean their teacher training is going to be really good. Just in the same way, a school that specialises in teacher training doesn't necessarily have great retreats. Like the place I did my teacher training, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone to go and do a retreat at. And that's just because they put so much of their focus and their energy and all their time and efforts into the teacher training that retreats are just just kind of forgotten about. They're just told to join in with the teacher training, like to go to a few classes a day. They're kind of just, yeah, left to their own devices and told this is the timetable that is going on with the teacher training. You can go to any of them um, for like a few, however many days they're there. So yeah I think it, that's important to note that just because one place is good for something doesn't mean it's good for another also because I had a lot of comments on my TikTok being like oh my god I would love to go on a retreat here people tagging their friends being like let's go here let's go here but I wouldn't recommend you go where I went for my teacher training for a retreat another thing putting me off Thailand was that it was rainy season in June which is when I wanted to go yeah didn't really fancy a whole three three to four weeks of being in the rain and to be honest 
looking back on it now I don't actually think that would have mattered a huge amount because you don't have much time to be outside like I came home paler than I left and okay that was because of fake tan when I left but I was so pale when I came home because you don't like you don't actually see the sun much I'd maybe sit out for 20 minutes after my lunch but apart from that you're in class all day by the time you're out of class and you've had a shower and you're ready for dinner the sun's gone so you have your one day off a week and I would sit out in the sun then but even then I was like trying to get work done and stuff I didn't want to be like uncomfortably sweating trying to do that so even then I wouldn't really sit out in the sun much I'd try and be shaded yeah looking back on it I don't actually think it would have mattered that much if it was constantly raining but that was kind of my thought process with deciding against Thailand so then it was between Bali and India because it's not rainy season in Bali in June I can't actually remember off the top of my head when their rainy season starts but I just know that in June it wasn't I'm pretty sure so it was between India and Bali now I think the standard of teaching as long as you find a good school in either would be you know just as good as each other but there are going to be big differences like India you're going to get a more I guess authentic experience you know India is the birthplace of yoga it is essentially everyone in India does yoga like they're taught it in schools as part of PE and they really practice it there as like a way of life you know not just a sport that you do one to three times a week it's very much yoga is a way of life it is who you are as a person how you carry yourself how you are with other people there are so many aspects to it and I think and also you've got the whole like philosophy and history of yoga side of things which there's a lot more focus on when you do it in India because there there's a big push to keep the origins of yoga at the center because obviously now it's becoming so like westernized and what's the word what's the word when something's turning into like a like a a business I think in the western world yoga is becoming very much just kind of like part of the health and fitness industry and something for people to profit off and the origins of it are kind of being lost a little bit so I think if you do your teacher training in India there is a lot of focus on that which is really nice because I feel like anywhere else they probably do lose a bit of that So on one hand, I was like, oh, I really want to go to India and get, you know, the proper, like, original, authentic experience, learn about the roots of yoga and learn about it from, you know, people who have been practicing it their whole lives and, like, devoted their whole lives to it. And then on the other hand, I was like, Bali is a safe option. It's not really pushing myself out of my comfort zone in that I know the accommodation is going to be beautiful. I know the food's going to be amazing. But it's going to essentially be, like, run by... I mean, I'm not... This isn't necessarily true, but in my head it was, like, a load of hippie Americans teaching a westernised version of yoga, which there's actually nothing wrong with. Like, you're going to come out with the same qualification, be able to teach the exact same way. I think you just don't get that understanding and maybe appreciation for yoga as a way of life 
I don't know this it's a bit of a guessing game because I didn't go there so all I can say is what I assume that it's like but Bali was a safe option which is why I was kind of like juggling the two you know I knew the accommodation would be a lot more basic in India I knew there probably wouldn't be anyone else from the UK or Ireland there and I was right about that there wasn't so I kept going back and forth between the two and I was like do you know what no I'm gonna push myself out of my comfort zone I have always wanted to go to India and this is a good opportunity to do that without it being you know as scary as going off and traveling it by myself because I'm just going to a course and staying in the same place the whole time so I decided I would do it in Rishikesh. I do in India. There's kind of like two main places where there's a lot of yoga schools. One of them is Rishikesh in the north. It is a six-hour drive north of Delhi, or you can fly, or Goa is the other option. It has a lot. There's a lot of schools there, but Goa was rainy season and Rishikesh wasn't because they're complete opposite sides of India, basically. So the seasons are a little bit different. It, becomes rainy season like a month or two later in the north. Rishikesh is like one of the very holy cities of India. Like a lot of people would travel from all over India to come to Rishikesh. They've got the Ganga RT ceremony every single night on the river Ganges. They've got a lot of like big, what would you call them? Statues, like religious statues of the different gods and things they've got lots of famous temples it's a very busy city very touristy city for um indians to all go and visit and there are also hundreds actually no i think there's thousands of yoga schools i can't remember the number exactly off the top of my head but i remember someone telling me it's definitely more than a thousand it's a ridiculous amount of yoga schools and all within such a small vicinity so obviously then it was like, okay, I've now decided. It took me so long to decide what country. And then when I finally bit the bullet and was like, no, push yourself out of your comfort zone, go to India. Then I was like, oh, fuck's sake, not this. Now I have to decide on a school between literally thousands. Now, I didn't have anyone's recommendations to go off. I don't know anyone that has gone there and done it. So I was literally deciding based off of their websites, their Instagrams. Uh, people's reviews online stuff like that oh sorry I also will just add that another deciding factor <laughs> was that to do it in India was a lot cheaper than to do it in Bali I think just because there is so much competition in India the prices are really low well that and also Bali has become so westernized that their prices are now a lot higher as well like Bali's not cheap especially for Asia. Like Bali has essentially just been built by Australians for holidaying Australians. They probably find it cheaper than Australia, but really Bali's not that much cheaper than like places in Europe. So yeah, price was a big thing. Like I think the course I did was probably a third of the price of a lot of them in Bali, maybe even less than that. So I ended up after... A long time of researching and creeping different yoga schools, Instagrams and websites. Yeah, it took me a while, but I eventually decided on a school called AYM Yoga School. It's a bit confusing because their website is called Indian Yoga Association or something. And then, but the, the school is actually called AYM. I don't really know. Anyway, I decided on AYM. I can't obviously compare it to any of the other ones that I was 
deciding between because I didn't go there so I don't know what they were like but the level of teaching was incredible. The accommodation was like as basic as I thought it was going to be. If you are going to India don't expect the you know the beautiful beach huts or I don't know just the more like luxurious style accommodation because you probably won't get it Um, I knew that going in so my expectations were not to have like a really luxurious room or anything like that if you want to see like the standard I did upload a little room tour and like a yoga school tour on my TikTok so if you want to see what I'm referring to you can have a look at that the food was great now it was a lot of kind of the same stuff every day every single lunch and dinner would always have rice and chapati and then it was always kind of just like a variation of some type of like dal or curry and then like a side kind of vegetable dish as well which I actually loved I really did enjoy the food and it was all kind of like supposed to be like I I can never say the word right but Ayurvedic is that right it's like Ayurvedic is like um ancient Indian medicine like like herbal medicine kind of like Chinese herbal medicine but the Indian version so it's kind of like following an Ayurvedic yogic diet of all whole foods no meat no eggs they have a little bit of dairy but obviously I'm vegan so I would I told them at the start I was vegan and then anytime so they would kind of like try and make everything vegan but there was obviously times when they'd make like a paneer curry or something and in those times then they would just give me an alternative which was really nice of them they were very very accommodating I was worried that I was gonna go hungry which is so ridiculous thinking back on it now but I didn't know if it would be the type of thing because when I was reading on their website and they're saying about all the yogic diet and everything and how you're not supposed to like eat until you're full I was like oh for fuck's sake they're gonna give us like a plate and it's gonna be really small and I'm gonna be constantly hungry you should have seen the amount of snack bars I brought with me you know those little like naked bars I brought a full bag of them out with me um, but no it turned out it was just kind of like you help yourself which is actually kind of terrible for me me and buffets is not good because I don't know when to call it a day I have no shame in going up for thirds or fourths I actually it got to a point and I was like I'm gonna need to have to cap this at seconds because I'm literally going to bed every night and feel like you could just roll me around <laughs> like you could just kick me around and I'd wobble around because <laughs> you know when your belly's so full of food and you just like when you roll onto your side you hear it all moving in your stomach so yeah it got to a point and I was like right Emma calm fuck down just because it's a buffet every day doesn't mean you need to go overboard every time so yeah food was good level of teaching was amazing accommodation was grand kind of like I assume the same as what you would kind of get anywhere I mean there were actually a few that looked really run down because obviously on the drive from the airport to the place you I passed like a lot of other yoga schools a lot just kind of looked like very similar and then there were a few that were very run down so maybe there is a little bit of variation with accommodation I'm trying to think what else I can rate it on I will say the one thing I think they could improve on was just like the level of cleanliness like I don't mind it being basic but it being dirty it's just not really the vibe is it like I just I do think they could step it up where that's concerned I probably will actually write them an email and be like 
I had the best experience, you know, everything was five stars. And I'll just say at the end, um, I will just say though, I think the cleaning game needs to be stepped up a little bit. No, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like filthy or anything. I'll just give you an example of where it could be like stepped up. Like I think when they do the room changeovers, they change the sheets and and oh and like empty the bin in the toilet and clean the toilet but I don't think they brush the floor I don't think they mop the floor I don't think they clean the sink and there was just like lots of like black marks even on like the light switches it just like wasn't wiped clean do you know what I mean which is grand I just went and bought a thing of sanitizer and wipes and did it myself also little things like when you come down in the morning for your tea the food bins from the night before like from dinner would still be full of food which is not that bad if it's a closed bin but it was an open bin in an open room where monkeys and stray cats and stray dogs and stuff would be able to get into so kind of like the thought of them being all over the dirty dishes and then the bins and stuff was a bit gross but literally apart from that like I couldn't really fault it that's like the one thing and even that was not that bad because if it was actually really filthy it would have really bothered me but it didn't actually really bother me which kind of shows it wasn't that bad for it to be you know a huge deal so yeah obviously I can't compare it to other schools because I didn't go to any of the other ones I didn't see what their teaching was like or see what their accommodation was like but I will say that so basically on world yoga day we had like a little celebration thing and lots of people like got up and said a few words and there was this one teacher and he just kind of comes in because a lot of the teachers kind of live on site and you know just work at AYM but there was this one teacher and he would come in and out like he just taught one class there a day when he got up and said a few words he said he was like you don't understand how lucky you are like the level of teaching here is incredible you guys made such a good decision to come to AYM so that kind of made me feel good that maybe I did make the right decision I don't know I feel like I definitely made the right decision I'm very happy with my choice anyway and him saying that just kind of reaffirmed it that you know someone who has been teaching in Rishikesh for more than 15 years in and out of lots of different yoga schools throughout Rishikesh is saying you guys have made such a good choice by coming here so yeah that was really good to hear okay right we're like 45 minutes in I haven't even started answering your questions okay a lot of you were asking just where did you do how did you decide all that so I feel like I have covered all of that Okay, someone said, have you made friends from doing the course? Yes, I have, but this is actually kind of funny. Funny and sad. (laughs) Right, so there, out of the, I'm going to say there was probably 16 of us on the 200 hour course. So you, the level one, one is 200 hours and it's usually split over three or four weeks. Mine was three it's minimum you have to do is 21 days or something I don't really know I don't know how they work it out but yeah mine was three weeks um if you do level two that is 300 hours you actually can do your level one and level two together so you'd be there for five yeah five weeks like you can do one straight after the other which would be absolutely brutal I don't know how people do that (laughs) there were some people at the school that had come back to do their 300 hour and I think they'd done their 200 hour the year before but yeah, so I was just doing the level one 200 hour course. So yeah, I think there was about 16 of us on the 200 hour course. Majority of people were from elsewhere in India, 
but bear in mind it is a English course that I went to so everyone on the course is going to speak English otherwise they would choose to go to an Indian course an Indian speaking course Indian that's not a language is it it's Hindi <laughs> okay right anyway so yeah majority of people were from India there was two Americans but they arrived late and left early so they weren't there the whole time and there was two Polish people and there was one woman from Israel so out of all 16 of those people three people could understand me (laughs) I don't know why people have such a hard time understanding my accent like I don't think it's that bad when I listen back to say this or and I mean I can understand why someone wouldn't understand me when I'm speaking to someone else from Belfast because you know yourself like you do go a bit more into your accent but when I was talking to them there I was slowing down really pronouncing my words and still no one could understand me apart the two Americans could and then there was one girl one of the Indian girls she has done like a lot of um, semesters abroad with uni so I think she did like one in London one in Madrid one in Paris so I think she's well used to like hearing English spoken in lots of different accents so she could understand me and yeah honestly everyone else had such a hard time understanding me which really prevented me from making proper friends like obviously I made friends I wasn't just not speaking to anyone I was but you know what it's like when someone doesn't understand you there's only a certain amount of what's the word like it's not fun to sit there and have to explain everything you're saying and repeat yourself copious amounts of times after you say even like one tiny thing and I think as a result of that any of the friendships I did make were very just like it was just all small talk I mean apart from those three people that could understand me I could sit and have a proper conversation with them but yeah I mean it's a shame because there were so many people on it that were so nice and so lovely and I knew I could have become closer with them if I could have a proper conversation with them (laughs) but honestly it was just painful to try and uh, constantly explain myself like that so yeah I mean obviously I made friends but I wouldn't say I made like best friends that I will always be friends with. Next question is did you feel safe in Rishikesh? So you actually don't leave your school a huge amount. I would only really leave either to go to get money from the ATM or I would go like a lot of lunch times to go get a coffee but that was literally 100 metres down the road so you you weren't even going on to a main road you were just like turning down another street and apart from that the only times I left the school was in group scenarios so when we went and did yoga by the river Ganges and when I did the safari but I was always with a group of people so yeah I felt safe but like I wasn't really I wouldn't say I was in Rishikesh. Well, I mean, I was physically in Rishikesh, but, you know, I wasn't out and about in Rishikesh, so I was very safe just (laughs) being in the school. Okay, another question that came up a lot was, can you do this course as a beginner? So there is nothing to stop you from doing the course as a beginner. There is no level or amount of time that you have to, you know, like when you're applying for it you there's no like number of hours you have to have practiced yoga or number of years or anything like that 
Like, if you were to ring any school and ask them, can I do this as a beginner? They'll tell you yes. Because you can. Like, there's nothing to stop you from doing it. But do I think it's a good idea? Probably not. So, I think there was three beginners on my course from speaking to those I don't think I spoke to all three but I spoke to two of them definitely about you know doing it as a beginner and both of them said they wished they waited until they were a bit further along in their yoga practice before they did it. I just think it'd be hard to keep up with because everything you're learning you're learning for the first time as opposed to improving on what you already know and I think when you're learning things for the first time it's like if you're only learning that then how are you also learning to teach that? I just think you would benefit a lot more from it if you were a little bit more experienced. Now I'm not saying you have to be world class and you know super strong and super flexible and have been doing yoga for years. Probably just having done it for six months from YouTube would be suffice but I think just having that little amount of background knowledge and names of poses and general idea of what you should be doing so that when you're there it's not all completely new stuff I yeah I think that would be a lot better so if you are a beginner and you're wanting to do it maybe just wait a little while and do go to a few yoga classes at home just do stuff on youtube or get like an app or something and wait a little while till you feel a bit more confident in your practice Or if you are a beginner and you just want to get stuck into it, just do a beginner's retreat. The retreat I did in Thailand was beginner friendly. A lot of retreats are beginner friendly. Yeah, that's definitely a good option. Lots of people were asking how flexible do you have to be or like what level do you need to be at? Thing is about yoga is that it's not really about how flexible you are. Like the most flexible person isn't necessarily good at yoga because it's more about like your form and alignment. And yes, flexibility does come into that, but also strength and stability and mobility. And, you know, there's a lot of factors in it. Also, like I know lots of you probably think I'm really flexible from any of the like stories and stuff that I was putting up. But you're just seeing the stuff that I'm probably good at. You know, I'm probably not posting the stuff that I'm not as flexible in. For example, my back is really flexible. So anytime I'm doing like back bends and stuff like that, I'll probably be more inclined to post it. Whereas I'm really not flexible in some of the like hip stuff and some of the leg stuff. So you probably just don't see that. But like just because one person's flexible in one thing doesn't mean their whole body is flexible in everything. I know there are people that are like that. Like there was a girl on my course, one of the Polish people. She was a, a professional dancer. So she was like just flexible in everything. But yeah, as I said, yoga is not really all about flexibility and just because you're flexible doesn't mean you're good at yoga. So um, I wouldn't worry about it if you're not too flexible. There was people on my course that were much more flexible than me and there were people on my course that were much, much less flexible than me. You don't need to like sit and wait around until you can do the splits or you can do a headstand until you can do the course. Like just do it whenever you feel comfortable enough in your practice. Okay, next question. Was the lifestyle change a big slap in the face? I think I would be in shock. Uh, Yes, it was. But also I was expecting it. So it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it was a shock to my mind because I knew that that was going to happen. Like I saw the timetable before 
I knew I'd be getting up at half six every day and not finishing class till 6.30pm. So it wasn't a shock to me in that sense, but it was a shock to my body, I think, a little bit. Just getting into the habit of going to sleep early, getting up early. Also just doing that amount of exercise in one day. Like you were doing three to four hours of active classes and then other arts of theory classes. Wait, I'll just go through my timetable because it's the same thing every day. So I may as well just tell you what that consisted of. In the morning, we have meditation class from 6.45. So I'd usually, at the start, I was getting up at half six and scrambling to get ready and get showered and be in the room for quarter to seven. But that was because I was just trying to adjust to the time. And once I did adjust to it, then I started getting up at quarter past six and giving myself a bit more time so I was not as frantic. So yeah, meditation was for an hour and 15 minutes. So we had 6.45 until 8am. Now that's not a whole one hour 15 of meditation. Of that hour 15, it's probably, I mean, it would vary, but I would say somewhere between half an hour and 40 minutes of meditation. And the rest is more like talking about meditation, talking about benefits and talking about different breathing practices learning about different types of meditation, the different ways you should sit and what benefits they bring, you know, so more like the theory behind meditation and uh, breath work. So it's not an hour of 50, because when I first saw the timetable, I was like, oh Jesus, my head's all over the place. How am I going to sit down here and do an hour 15 of meditation? But it is not an hour 15 straight of meditation. So then you have a little tea break from eight to half eight that flew in so quickly all of the breaks fly in so quickly like when I first saw the timetable I was like oh that's fine like we get loads of breaks it's grand but they all go so fast like especially that half an hour one because by the time you you know run up to your room and maybe go to the toilet and grab something and then go back down and pour your tea and then it's like literally 10 minutes and you have to be back in the studio then at eight thirty, we had an hour and a half of ashtanga vinyasa That is the most physically tough and intense class of the day. Also probably my favourite. Good to get it out of the way in the morning. At the start I was like, there's no chance I can do an hour 15 meditation and an hour and a half of Ashtanga Vinyasa on an empty stomach. But actually I was really glad we were doing it that way because honestly if you'd eaten before that class you'd be sick. It was so intense. As the days went on that class started getting longer and longer. Like it started off as an hour and a half. And honestly, by the end, it was like two hours. (laughs) She just didn't give a fuck about when it was supposed to end because she wanted to get through the whole Ashtanga series with us. It was usually like an hour 45, two hours. Then we would have an hour for breakfast, which because of the other class running on longer was usually less than an hour. So it was like two classes, breakfast, two classes, lunch, two classes, dinner. So the two classes after breakfast were philosophy for an hour and then teaching practice for an hour. Teaching practice at the start was a little bit more theory based and talking about lesson planning and you know how to be a good teacher but then within less than a week was more like a practical class and us taking classes or doing other people's classes. Then we got a nice long lunch break of two hours I think they do that so you have time to eat and then for it to digest before you have like another proper physical class in the evening. So you come back from lunch at 
three o'clock and you have um, anatomy class from three to four and then 4.15 until what was meant to be 5.45 but always ended up being six so it was always an hour 45 of hatha yoga for anyone listening that doesn't know what hatha yoga is because I know it's not as commonly taught especially in Belfast anyway hatha yoga is essentially breaking down all the poses and like using the blocks and the belts and the bolsters to help you to deepen them to strengthen them Uh, it's not like a flowing class like you're not going from it's not it's not like a vinyasa you're not going from one thing to the next to the next to the next you're just like focusing on holding the poses breathing into them doing things to work your way up to them to loosen up to strengthen do you know what I mean it's like a slower pace but also just as challenging I would say as a fast-paced class because you are having to hold everything for longer by that point of the day I was always completely knackered (laughs) which was so annoying because I loved the Hatha class and I loved the Hatha teacher he was so good and he made doing all the poses like so much easier than anyone's ever taught me them just I don't know you know when someone's just a really good teacher and they're able to get you into things you never thought you'd be able to get into because of the way they teach it then our timetable actually said that from six to seven you should be practicing karma yoga karma yoga is like acts of selflessness i guess and not like expecting anything in return so it could be like cleaning the yoga room it could be helping someone with something they didn't understand that we learned that day it could be if someone wanted to practice their class it could be like doing their class with them I don't know it could be anything it could even just be cleaning your room or brushing the hallway the corridor down to your room do you know little things like that but I mean like they didn't keep track of it if you wanted to do it you could if you didn't want to you didn't have to lots of there was a group of girls that went out and fed the cows every day because there was just cows everywhere as you could probably tell from my Instagram stories <laughs> when I first arrived I was like what the fuck <laughs> I just couldn't wrap my head around it and then you just get so used to it you're just walking down the street with a few cows <laughs> the roads are like the maddest thing I've ever seen in my life I thought Vietnam roads were mad and then I saw India's like the cows literally just roam the main roads it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen there's monkeys jumping across the main roads there's stray dogs just running around no I I don't know how anyone drives there it was a six-hour drive from Delhi airport and honestly it was the most frantic thing ever I was gripping on for my life like I was on edge the whole time okay next question a lot of people asking how you go about like enrolling for them or applying for them you just pay for them (laughs) like you just I don't know just go on their website and nine times out of ten you you say that you're interested so you put all your details in your email when you're interested in doing it and then they'll get back to you on prices on availability stuff like that and then you just pay for it you don't have to like qualify to do it do you know what I mean you don't need to send any videos of you doing yoga or I don't know you don't need anything like that you literally just pay for it someone has asked if they would be too old at 27 no you definitely wouldn't be I think you have to be 18 to do it there was one 19 year old in mine because her parents made her go 
<laughs> they just like shipped her off for the summer and were like, go into a yoga course. She was from somewhere else in India. I think the oldest person was like 52. So yeah, huge age range. It really doesn't matter what age you are. And I don't think you can really be too old at it. Well, especially not at 27 anyway. I did talk about costs on my Instagram story, but I'll just quickly talk to you about the cost of everything. So obviously this varies from school to school, so I'll just tell you what mine was. First of all, flights. I think my flights came to just under £700, I want to say, like 680 690 So that was a return from Belfast to Delhi. I think if you're flying from London, it would be a bit cheaper because I had to add on that Belfast to London. It was a little bit more expensive. But I was able to book it all with British Airways and it meant that it was like, because it was counted as like one journey, my ba- I didn't have to get my bag in between and recheck it in or anything. It just went right through so I didn't need to pick it up until I got there. The course itself, so it depends on what accommodation you pick. So there is the option to do to be in a dorm room. Then there's the option to be so that the dorm room is the cheapest. Then the next one up from that would be to be in like a twin room. So if you were going with someone, you can ask to be with them. Or if you're going on your own, you'll just get put with someone else that has applied to be in a twin room. And then you can be on in your own like double room and then you can be in your own double room with AC. I opted for the most expensive out of that, which is the double room with aircon because it was 40 degrees and I was like, there's no chance I'm sleeping without aircon. <laughs> so the most expensive option, it worked out at about £950. Now that includes everything. So that includes all your food, includes your accommodation, includes your course. Realistically, you could, like if you just needed to stick to that budget, you actually don't really need to pay for anything else when you're there. Now that I think of it. I mean, I did. I went out for coffee like every day. I also did a few trips and stuff at the weekends um I think we went out for dinner a couple times and we'd just like tell the chefs that we wouldn't be there I think we only went out two times for dinner I bought some stuff at the market you know just little things like that so I did spend more than that but if you were you know trying to stick to a strict budget and not allowing yourself to spend anything more you actually don't have to spend anything more you're provided with absolutely everything that you need including drinking water so you don't even need to buy bottled water there were lots of people commenting on my tiktoks being like oh my god wish i could do this wish i could afford this and to be honest like i think it's a lot more attainable than a lot of people think i think people just assume things that are far away there's no way people are going to be able to afford that But like, I know people that have spent more than what I just said on like a week in Ibiza. So it just depends, I guess, where your priorities lie. But it's definitely a lot more attainable than what a lot of people think. And that's not to say it's not a lot of money. Like I know six or seven hundred pound on a, I mean, it's 1.7 grand there is what I just said, plus a a bit more for spending money. So it's, it's still a lot of money, but I'm just saying... If you are someone that happily forks out a grand on a long weekend in Europe, then, you know, maybe this is 
more attainable than what you actually think it is. Okay, here's another good question. How confident do you feel to teach a class after the 200 hour course? So this is where I feel that and a lot of the courses in India probably lack and that is in focusing on your teaching practice. Because there's so much focus on the origins of yoga and yoga as a way of life and you know all the meditation the breathing practices the everything that comes with it obviously when you focus on something you then have to lose a bit of something else don't you and I feel like where you lose out a little bit is on your teaching practice and on it as a business which is understandable because they don't want to teach it as a business they want to teach it as a way of life but I'm just saying if you're comparing like doing a course in India to to doing it in let's say America that I feel like that would be the big difference one of the Americans on my course she'd already done her teacher training in LA and she wanted to come and do it in India and get like a more authentic experience and it be a more like spiritual growth thing for her and I was talking to her about the differences of it and she was like to be honest I don't know if I hadn't have done my course in LA would I feel comfortable coming home and taking a class after the one in India now I do feel comfortable taking a class but I also do know where she's coming from I don't know if maybe I only feel comfortable taking a class because I've been practicing for so long and been to so many classes that I know what I like in a yoga teacher and what I think is good in a yoga teacher so maybe I don't know maybe that makes it a little bit easier for me but like I think if you were a beginner doing it I definitely wouldn't feel comfortable teaching after that but that's also kind of partly the reason why I'm throwing myself into the deep end and literally just taking classes which I start next week so I just thought I don't want to sit and stew over this and think about it I just need to start straight away and get over any fears and nervousness and just get straight into it because with stuff like this you only become good over time you know it was the same when I became a makeup artist and I did my course and yeah okay I qualified with a certificate at the end of the course but I didn't actually become a good makeup artist and become confident in my skills and my abilities and be able to work on shoots and all that kind of stuff until I got the experience and I worked as a makeup artist for I would say it took a solid six months before I was really confident in it and it's the same with yoga like it's just practice it's it's the same you know when you do your driving test and you think when you pass your driving test you're like it's so mad that I'm just allowed out in the roads now like surely not but then you become a good driver over time so yeah I don't think doing the course necessarily I don't think if you do the course anywhere in the world it guarantees you to be a good teacher I think that's on you to then go out there and practice and become a good teacher okay someone has asked what did you do to prepare before going um I started doing yoga more often even if it was just for like 20 minutes in the morning I would try and make sure I was doing it maybe four to five times a week I also had to change up my gym routine a little bit because I'd been focusing a lot on like heavy leg day type of thing and I was like I really can't keep doing this before going to do the yoga teacher training because I'm just going to be so stiff from that and it's not really benefiting me 
for yoga. Like, yeah, my bum might look good, but <laughs> it's not really doing anything for my yoga practice. So I had to change that up a little bit. I started doing more body weighted stuff. I started doing more upper body days. I I incorporated more like resistance band training and more mobility stuff. Also doing things with lighter weights, but for more reps, stuff like that. So it wasn't just like heavy lifting and then being sore for two days after not being able to move or do any yoga and I think I'm gonna have to carry that on to an extent I'm still trying to work out a way of because I as much as I absolutely love yoga and I'm really trying to keep in the habit of doing yoga meditation every morning now that I'm home because I may as well try and keep that up you know when I'm already in the habit of it from doing it there for three weeks as much as I love it and as much as it keeps me like a lot more calm and present and all of that like all of the amazing benefits that come with it I still don't think it's a replacement for me getting out of the house and going to the gym I don't get the same is it would it be dopamine hit or serotonin hit I don't really know but I don't get that same like post-workout hit from yoga that I do from going to the gym I mean, as I said, it brings so many other benefits, but I want to get the benefits of that. And then I also want to get the benefits of the gym. So I'm still trying to find a balance of like a gym routine that works with yoga as well. That doesn't leave me not being able to walk, (laughs) basically. So yeah, if anyone has any tips for that, please let me know because I'm still kind of trying to work it out. I would also love to maybe start doing some Pilates because I know that's all kind of like body weighted, I think, mostly, is it? I don't know. I'd like to start doing Pilates. I feel like that supplements yoga quite well. Someone said, where do I sign up to your yoga retreat? Looked beautiful. It is not a retreat. Do not be fooled. A lot of people were asking me, where can I do this retreat? It is not a retreat. It is very intense. There was two guys that came and I think they kind of thought it was more like a retreat or like a three-week yoga holiday and they left within the first week because of how intense it was so yeah don't be under the illusion that it is a nice relaxing yoga retreat like obviously there's a relaxing element to it you know you're meditating every day but it's definitely also very intense and strenuous do you feel like it was beneficial for your mental health or the opposite as you're isolated uh i wouldn't say you're isolated you're with people the whole day like you you're in class with people and eating with people the whole day the only time you're on your own is after dinner when you go to bed and you go to sleep pretty quickly because you're fucking knackered from doing yoga all day so yeah definitely wasn't isolated the couple of hours I got to myself in the evening I would either bring my family or my boyfriend or I'd be reading my book or going over stuff we did in class and like studying so yeah definitely wasn't isolated Uh, but yeah it was definitely beneficial for my mental health I think you're even if you're not doing that course if you were doing three weeks straight of um, meditation and yoga you're bound to see a positive effect on your mental health for sure. Has the course affected you spiritually? 
So I had a bit of an internal battle going on when it came to the whole spiritual side of it because, right, so a lot of the teaching is obviously, it's all about practicing detachment, you know, about everything being within you and so much of it I wholeheartedly agree with but then there was like a lot of the teachings and I was like, this is so difficult to implement or even adapt to fit the Western lifestyle because we are so, so far withdrawn from the yogi lifestyle, essentially. So a lot of the time it was a bit of a battle because it was like, well, you know, I'm not just going to pack up my life and leave and go live on an island, self-sufficient, and not place any importance on material goods like there's so much to be to learn from it but then there's also a line because it's like how do you incorporate that into the western world and I think there is a way of incorporating it all but just not to the same extent that they were obviously teaching it as and sometimes because you'd be hearing the extreme side of it it was really hard to wrap your head around because I was like well I can't do that and I can't live like that and I can't do this because you know I have to go to work and I have to make money to pay rent and yeah I don't know sometimes it was just a little bit of a battle with me mentally in how you in taking what they said and basically just not taking it as a pinch of salt because that's not what I mean but taking the lessons from it and somehow adapting it to your life you know, like in the same way that when they do Bible teachings, you're not supposed to take it literally. You learn from whatever the story is being told. You take the teaching from it and you adapt it. And I, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Because realistically, unless you are a yogi or monk living in a commune or something like that, then there are responsibilities and there are things you have to do in life. So I think you just have to find what works for you. Someone has asked, is there rules on the course? Um, I mean, you have to go to class. I think if you miss more than 10% or something of classes, you can not get your certificate. There's no alcohol a lot well I was gonna say no alcohol allowed but like that's not just a school rule you wouldn't really find any alcohol in Rishikesh so you wouldn't even be able to find it to bring it back to the school yeah like even in restaurants and stuff you wouldn't find beer or anything so no alcohol no smoking I mean if you smoked you could just probably smoke outside the school if you wanted but I don't think you're allowed to smoke in the school as far as I'm aware so yeah, proper detox. Whole foods diet, no alcohol, no smoking. I broke my sobriety. Yes, last night actually with a few beers just, but literally like three beers. Got some nice IPAs from the vineyard. I fucking love that shop. <laughs> Anyone from Belfast? If you haven't been to the vineyard in the Orme Road, it's the fucking best place ever. I have an absolute field day there with all the different IPAs. I could honestly spend like an hour in it just staring and reading all the labels of them all. (laughs) There was a few things that they encouraged, but they weren't like enforced. So at the start, literally on the first day, 
our meditation and philosophy teacher was like he said if you're really serious about this and you really want to grow and connect with yourself I encourage you to not speak throughout like meal times and stuff as well and just sit with yourself they do that and you know if you were to go and do like your 200 hour meditation teacher course I think that's a rule you have to stick to because this is yoga you don't have to stick to it but they do encourage it and that means like if you were to follow that that would also means like not listening to music or podcasts even like reading books and stuff it means like just being silent with your thoughts all the time people tried to stick to it for the first few days and then as people got to know each other it kind of fell through like I don't think anyone actually ended up sticking to it to be fair most mornings like on our tea break I never really spoke to anyone and that was just because we just got out of meditation class so I don't know you feel like very calm and peaceful and you kind of like don't want to ruin it so you just don't really talk to anyone everyone was kind of on the same boat with that I kind of kept to myself for that time but then I'd talk to people for breakfast lunch and dinner or a lot of the time I'd actually sit on my own and just read if I because I was reading some really good books when I was there and when I'm like really into a book I just want to read it constantly like you know when you just can't put it down so yeah there'd be a lot of times I wouldn't speak to people because I'd just be really involved in my book and then another thing that they encouraged was a fast on a Sunday so fasting is quite a big thing in yoga um, and they encouraged it by not serve this was the only meal they didn't serve the whole week and it was Sunday lunch so you're basically they said either if you want to do it you can either just fast by skipping the lunch because we won't be serving lunch (laughs) or you can do the whole day if you want or you can do you know you pick what you do but I knew I didn't want to do that I mean I was like I'll see how I go like I'll see how I feel on Sunday and then it got to Sunday and I was like no fucking way am I doing fast <laughs> if you know me you know I'm a big eater and honestly skipping a meal like that is just not for me especially because Sunday was our only day off and you were always doing a lot of like studying and lesson planning and stuff on a Sunday and I can't I'll sometimes accidentally, if I'm rushing a boy all over the place like a mad woman, you know, really busy with stuff, I can accidentally for like skip a meal. But if I'm sitting down studying, all I'm thinking about is my next meal. <laughs> so there was no way I was um, gonna fast. So I just went to a cafe and got my lunch. And they said you could do that. Like they said we encourage you to fast but if you don't want to do that just get food nearby and you can get food really cheap so it was fine I was actually obsessed with the cafe that I found around the corner ridiculously obsessed with it their food was so good and they had so many good vegan options and nice smoothies and oh it was just so nice okay this is officially the longest podcast I've ever recorded I'm sorry I don't know how this has gone on for so long I hope I covered all of your questions I think I've definitely covered all the ones that came up the most my next episode I'm gonna talk more generally about solo traveling so I'm gonna put a thing up on my Instagram story but if you have any questions for anything to do with like visas keeping yourself safe what to pack stuff like that please send me your questions yeah I thought I'd split it up and do one more focused on the yoga course and then one more about solo traveling 
So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I'm so happy to be back and talking to you all. If you get the chance, give me a wee five stars on Spotify or on Apple Music or just wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like this week's episode, give it a wee share. Share it on your Instagram story. And if you have anything you want me to talk about over the next while, any topics you want me to discuss on the podcast, please don't hesitate to message me. I'm on top of all my messages now, all my DMs finally. (laughs) So yeah, if you have anything you want me to talk about, please let me know because I'm so excited to get back into weekly episodes over the summer. Thank you so much for all your love and support and I will speak to you on next week's episode. Bye!